Well, Mosaic, it is good to be together. My name is Kurt. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, look, I'm a realist. I know that some of us in here, um, we raided the jelly bean jar early this morning, right? Or you, uh, you ripped open that peep package. Um, and if that's you, if you eat peeps, you can just leave now. So it's just, ugh. Sorry, I'm not a peep fan. No. I realize, you know, you raided the jelly bean jar, you ripped open the pea package, which means your, your sugar level right about now, is it's, it's, you're kind of going into that sugar coma, okay? Um, so I'm going I'm to try to keep you awake here for a little bit. But um, we've been listening to, uh, singing about this story. Um, and any good story, any good story invites us to step into it and ask the question, um, where's my part in this story? Which, which character do I relate to? Um, perhaps just like Jesus is interacting with Mary Magdalene, perhaps Jesus is interacting with me in some type of way. Uh, so whether it's your first time here at Mosaic, um, or whether you are a regular at Mosaic, as a community deep in our bones, uh, at the core of who we are, uh, we believe that, that Jesus is calling out to us still, saying, follow me, follow me. Um, And this isn't so that we can be some religious elite, you know, where we have something over other people. But ultimately, we we respond to Jesus saying, follow me, because Jesus is ultimately rescuing us. He's rescuing us from living a humanity that's not really a full humanity. Um, So this isn't even about like being a Christian or being right Jesus is about rescuing us in our humanity and saying, this is what it means to be a human. Your life is a gift that's been given to you, and this gift that's been given to you should be thoroughly enjoyed, even through the tragedies, but then also felt deeply through the tragedies. But in the midst of that, I'm present doing something, and ultimately your life is here to be a blessing to others, to be a blessing to the world around you. Uh, And that ultimately is the hope that Easter brings. Um, He is risen, Mosaic. Life triumphs over death. Love triumphs over hatred. Hope triumphs over despair. Suffering. Suffering is never the last word. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Suffering is never the last word. And nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Guys, our bodies, right, this flesh and blood kind of experience that we live together, our bodies matter deeply to God. Um, The relationships that we share with one another, the way that we interact with creation around us, the work that we do, the art and creativity that we bring to the world, these bodies, our flesh and blood experience matters deeply to God. And, And the resurrection ultimately speaks to honoring our flesh and blood experience. Because death, the very thing that can take away these bodies, this flesh and blood living experience, which can just kind of wipe it out, Jesus says, no, the body matters deeply to God. And so Jesus experiencing the first fruits of ultimately what we're all going to experience, um, here's here's the reality. We are not destined for just trying to live life, make it through, enjoy as much as we can, probably suffer hopefully only a little along the way. We don't want to suffer a lot. And then someday we just kind of float off into this blissful, non-bodied experience as fat babies playing harps out on clouds, right? That's not the end of our story. Thank God, right? Uh, 
The end of our story, guys, is ultimately that God is bringing his kingdom here to earth. And right now, our bodies, our bodies get to play a beautiful part in bringing that kingdom here. Um, And God often calls us into the darkness, into the pain of the world, into the loss of the world. Um, And that's the rub. That's, That's where it gets difficult. Good Friday tragedies have a way of replaying themselves over and over again, right? Some of us have experienced Good Friday tragedies, losses, tears, painful things along the way. Um, And then there's Easter, right? These moments of joy, these moments of realizing like it's all going to be okay and we celebrate that. So Good Friday and Easter have names, but the reality is the majority of our lives, the majority of our lives are lived in between. In those Saturdays. Those Saturdays where it seems like God is quiet. Where we're wondering what comes next. Is there any hope at all? And then Saturday night comes and now we're in the darkness. And it's still maybe even early Sunday morning, just like Mary and these disciples going to the tomb while it was still dark early on that Sunday morning. That's where we live the majority of our lives, right? In between tragedies, but also perhaps this hope, knowing that, yeah, I, I believe God. I believe God that you're working all things for our good, but I'm, I'm not quite seeing it yet. Just like that, that song that Evan sung for us, um, In winter, I believe you, but in springtime, I see you. So this morning, we want to take just a moment and say, what does it mean to enter into this story and to to really live as people in that Saturday, early Sunday morning while it's still dark experience, right? We've had some Good Friday tragedies, um, or we know maybe that even more are yet to come. We know ultimately all of us are going to have to go through that loss and death ourselves. Um, But we also know that there is hope, but we're kind of in that in-between time. So how do we respond? Easter invites us to settle in. Um, And so let's do this. As we think about Mary Magdalene, who was with um, Peter and John, these other disciples. Peter and John, they discover that that the tomb is empty and they got to run back and go tell the other disciples. But Mary's going to pause there for a little bit. And it's in her pausing that she's going to interact with something very unique that the others will miss. And so like Mary, we want to kind of just pause right here at this tomb. What's, what's going on? Uh, verse 11 of John chapter 20. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. Um, some of us can uh, relate very easily to Mary, right? We cry very easily. It doesn't take much for the tears to start to flow. We feel deeply. Um, And that's good. Don't ever stop feeling. Um, Allow yourself to feel. But some of us, perhaps maybe even a lot of us, um, grew up in environments where feeling wasn't really welcome. Um, It was really about just kind of staying busy, right? Performing, doing, right? So all of us can relate to Mary in some type of way. Either we're crying or maybe our crying doesn't happen with actual tears. Our crying just happens through staying busy because it's just too painful to slow down. We constantly are are looking at the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and we can't just be in a moment. 
Um, or maybe for some of us, um, our crying actually takes a form of just a deep-seated kind of bitterness or anger that's present in our life, you know, and it just kind of, in a lot of ways, our life is just lived with this kind of low hum of an anger that's at work below the surface. Um, and everyone else is the problem around us, and this is what's wrong with the world, and that's what's wrong with the world. And all of us can relate to Mary being at that place where, man, whether it's the tears, just staying busy, um, the anger, the root of bitterness, resentment, whatever it is. So Mary, she looks into the tomb, and verse 12, she saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And isn't it just like the divine to show up in those moments where, where we're feeling what we're feeling? The divine loves to show up when we actually pause and kind of sit with our tears, right? Or actually pause and ask the question, why can't I stop? Why, why am I always looking for the next thing, the next purchase, the next experience, the next this, the next that? Um, or why is it, man, that I'm so angry and bitter? The divine loves to show up and meet us in that place because it's usually in those places that the divine wants to show us something about himself but also show us something about ourselves. So Mary looks in and she sees these angels and they ask her, verse 13, woman, why are you crying? Why are you crying? And Mary's response is simply, they have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. Mary had experienced um, this walk with Jesus. Mary was one who at the very early stages of Jesus' ministry, um, she was a woman who was not experiencing humanity at its fullness. Um, she was hurting. Um, she was weighed down with a lot. And, and because of her interactions with Jesus, she's experiencing um, some freedom, some rescue, some healing moments. And so she had had these experiences of something at one time that brought her so much life, um, but it had been taken away. And that's what I mean when I talk about Friday tragedies that seem to happen in our lives, because a lot of us at one point in time had something that brought us so much life, but like Mary, we can say, but it's been taken away, right? Maybe it was a dream, and, and you swear that dream was something that God had somehow planted deep within you. And you were trying your hardest to bring about that dream, but somehow the dream collapsed, or just there were these forces at work, and the dream couldn't come to its fulfillment. That dream was taken away. Maybe for some of you, it was a hope, and it was a pure hope. It was a good hope of something that would develop in your life, something that you desired that's like, no, this is a good thing. Certainly, certainly God must see this as a good thing, and you hoped for it. But that hope was taken away. Maybe for some of us, um, it's something as real as um, a spouse or a child or a friend. And that relationship meant so much to you, but it was taken away. This is where Mary's at. This, this, this thing that brought her so much life that was taken away. And that's a common experience that we experience in life together. So as we enter into this story, what, what does Jesus want to say to us in the midst of this? Verse 14, at this, Mary turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? 
Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Now, we have to, we have to kind of stop it and pause at this moment in the story. Because this is, you, you read this and you're like, are you serious? This woman walked with Jesus, followed him for years, and in this moment she thinks he's the gardener. I mean, in some aspects, you're like, is this the original April Fool's joke here? You know, is Jesus kind of wearing the big sun visor, you know, like gardener's hat? Does he have a little spade in his hand, you know? Like, what's going on? You know, Jesus, April Fool's, Mary. I mean, what's happening here? And, and in one regard, I mean, Mary is dead wrong. No, he's not the gardener. Of course he's not a gardener. This is Jesus. But at a very deep, profound level, um, Mary... And, and the ones who are communicating this story to us of what happened are telling us something that we should not miss. Anyone who had been uh, familiar with the Jesus story was familiar with Israel's story before the Jesus story. Jesus being the fulfillment of the Israel story, which would then become the world story. But the Israel story began with this God who steps in and this God kind of creates out of the chaos and he allows this beautiful life to begin as the story is told, this, this grand story that's being told. And where did the story begin? In a garden. In a garden. But then it doesn't take long for that story to begin to fall apart. That story begins to experience tragedy and violence and people not living into their full humanity. And so that original creation that began in a garden kind of ends up just falling apart. And so Mary, at this deep, profound level, in thinking that Jesus was the gardener, is in a sense kind of telling some of us that when life feels like it's lost, when that hope, that dream, that thing that brought you so much life, when it's gone, if you're willing to pause in that, those are the moments where Jesus wants to show up in the midst of everything falling apart, where your creation is is just kind of collapsing. Jesus is there proclaiming, time out. There's a new creation beginning right here in the midst of this one that's falling apart. Mosaic, that's, that's what we mean when we say hope has come. Jesus is showing up in the midst of everything collapsing, saying there's a new creation about ready to begin right here. That's a beautiful promise. So I don't know where it is for you right now where it feels like things are falling apart. But perhaps Jesus is there as the gardener. And, and here's the reality. I, I, I hate gardening. It's not my thing. Um, and I also know the soil of my own heart. I know the weeds that are there. Um, but Jesus steps in as this one, this gardener. And he's not afraid of the weeds. He's not afraid of the rocky soil that we bring. Um, the conditions that we bring that say there's nothing really ripe here for growth. Um, anybody who's kind of a master gardener, right, they love that challenge. Let me see what I can do with this. Let me see what I can do with this soil. Let me see what I can do with this ground. Bring it to me. It's welcome. It's welcome. I'm going to tend to it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love it. I'm going to care for it. And I'm going to see something grow right here in the midst of this. Jesus said to her, Mary, And she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. 
So Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. It almost, when you read the story and as you continue to step into it, it's almost like Jesus kind of is being a little bit rude here, right? I mean, here's Mary who can't wait to like just come and wrap her arms around Jesus. And Jesus is like, whoa, don't, don't hold on to me. I mean, no touch, no touch right now, you know? Some versions in the original language, it might even say, don't cling to me. Like you can't cling to me because here's the reality, this new creation that I'm working, there's going to have to be kind of a new setup here. Ultimately, Jesus kind of defeating death, experiencing this resurrection, and now going to ascend to the Father, becoming Lord over all of our circumstances, guys. And that's what Easter announces, is that Jesus is Lord over each and every situation that we're facing. Um, And that even should the worst thing happen, it's not the last thing. Um, So Jesus is saying, things are going to look different. I'm not going to be here. You can't cling to me. And that's why kind of a a Jesus and me fuzzy relationship thing kind of never works out. What does Jesus say to Mary? Hey, go and tell your brothers, your sisters. Um, Guess what? My God, he's now your God. Jesus is using this new language. Like he's, he's putting together this brand new family. And so guys, if anything... Jesus is calling us to actually learn how to cling to one another. That we would actually have people in our life, and of all the things that we could cling to, status, identity, money, power, whatever it is, or even just kind of clinging to this fuzzy, warm relationship with Jesus, Jesus is pointing us away from all of those things and saying, no, in the midst of everything that I'm doing, cling to one another because you are a family together and together you guys are going to enter the struggle of what it means to be my people as this new creation is starting to take, take shape and form in the midst of this creation that you're facing. And so Mosaic, simply this, is, as we begin to wrap up this morning, um, we, we want to encourage you. Um, as you find yourself living in that place between Good Friday and Easter, kind of being suspended in that place of like, man, I wonder what's going to happen. Like, I, I know hope can come, but I don't know, I still feel that maybe tragedy is, is like right around the corner. Um, that in those moments, you would stop and pause like Mary and consider what you're feeling. Am I crying? Am I anxious? Am I um, trying to control and manipulate the situation? Am I angry? Am I bitter? Am I pointing the finger? And that instead, in that moment, you would stop and you would allow Jesus to actually come and meet you and to be the gardener cultivating the soil of your heart and life. That you would allow him to actually remind you that, look, together and together, along with your brothers and sisters, hope has come. And we can keep moving forward into anything that's before us. And we can trust deeply. We can love each other immensely. We can experience joy because there's nothing that we can't face together, knowing ultimately that Jesus is the gardener who's cultivating something in the midst of this, also is Lord over each and every one of our circumstances. So Mosaic, that's my hope for you. Our hope for you this morning is that you would see Jesus cultivating something in you. And as painful as it is that you would let him cultivate, that you would let him pull up the soil, plant new things, rip up the weeds, um, but also that you would cling to your brothers and sisters around you. Find who those people are, and that's, that's a process. It takes time. It takes time. I just moved here with my family, and even though I have 
a ton of people around me. Like, it takes time to find out who are those people that you're going to do life with? Who are those people that you know you can really kind of like share with them what's going on and all that Jesus is calling you to? Um, So we invite you into that. And uh, Mosaic, may you know, may you know that Jesus as Lord over each and every one of the circumstances that we're facing now, he is stronger. He is stronger than any of those chaotic powers that are at work. And that should the worst thing come, the worst thing is never the last thing. I want to invite the worship team up now um, as they get ready to lead us in the last song together. And as they come forward, would you, uh, would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this opportunity to be together. Thank you uh, for meeting us in such beautiful and hope-filled ways this morning. God, thank you for not um, coercing or manipulating or forcing yourself on any of us, but simply being present, making a space for us to enter into the story of what you are doing in the world. And God, we trust, we trust in you deeply. Teach us to trust more. Um, and may we know that hope has come. May we know that, Jesus, you are, you are stronger than any other thing that we're facing. And we say thank you. Amen.